Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the post-non-tender deadline edition of Sharing Socks. I'm Southside Sox duty geezer Lee Allen, wearing a White Sox stocking cap, which is appropriate to the weather in Chicago, where it is now snowing. We actually hadn't had any snow other than occasional flurries, but we've got a little more now. And with me, my son and West Coast correspondent, Will, who is wearing a regular Sox baseball hat because that's what the weather's like. But it's uh, it's suede, uh, faux suede, but I don't have to worry about rain or particularly (laughs) snow ruining it. (laughs) Uh, yes, I'm presuming it's warmer in Los Angeles as well. Correct. Well, you can have a White Sox uh, player as a almost neighbor soon. The word on uh, we're recording on Saturday, uh, and I think we'll skip next week and go on into December. But so this is our pre-Thanksgiving uh, edition. You can have a neighbor of a White Sox type because Jose Abreu, according to MLB trade rumors, which is a very effective site says that the Padres are really all in on Jose Abreu. And if the Padres are really all in, unless the Dodgers or Yankees are all in, that's where he's going. Yeah. Um, there, you know, MLB Trade Rumors is projecting what we projected, which is a two-year, $40 million deal. And, yeah, as you said, if the on MLB Trade Rumors, they said Padres have made Jose Abreu a top priority, which means Jose Abreu is going to the Padres. <laughs> Which is going to be a very nice place to play, a very pleasant city, some of the best weather in the world. Uh, and a team not... that really, really, really does have a chance to make it to the World Series. Yeah, and I, I was uh, just reading recently about how 
players really, really love playing in San Diego, uh, which which is obvious, of course. Um, but the the real reason, and of course, it's weather related, is that it's of all the parks in the U.S., it's the one where you know exactly what the weather's going to be every <laughs> time, uh, be, because it it fluctuates so little during the season. It's so beautiful the whole time that. It's and you know, that's going to be interesting with Jose, because we know from many years, nine years, he is a very bad, for him, cold weather hitter. Correct. And a very good, superb, hot weather hitter. Correct. So if the weather's always the same, will he have a very even season instead of a, a 220 April and a 340 August? Um I think it's very possible because it's, you know, our, our sample size is not one season on that. We've seen Jose be bad in April and May for years uh, with the comfort of knowing that he's going to not be bad later, which is nice. Uh, but I think if you give him, you know, uh, 162 games or 81 games, I guess, and in San Diego weather early on, he is, he's, I think got potential to come out firing a lot more than he does usually, uh, especially with a, a good team around him, good starting pitching around him, good defense around him. He's got some handful of gold glovers and gold glove finalists on that team. Uh, it's a really good spot for him. You know, they, they uh, need to fill that gap that they haven't really been able to fill since since Hosmer didn't pan out on that big deal. So Jose makes a ton of sense for for San Diego, a ton of sense. I get why they're going for him. That's a team with a bunch of young guys, too. Uh, a lot of veterans who are very good leaders, but also some young guys. You know, I feel like you give you, you bring Jose Abreu in to a team with Juan Soto, you're only going to see Juan Soto get better. Uh, playing with a guy like Jose Abreu. You know, Juan Soto is already great, but I think Jose is a, a great guy to bring in. I think he's a great guy to keep Manny Machado level-headed. Uh, they're going to get Fernando Tatis back. Uh, Look at those four guys. Those year. four guys, one after another. Wow. I mean, that, that's incredible, not to mention uh, the fact that they have a bunch of other guys who <laughs> are are very good and and gold glove finalists and you know I didn't even mention Cronenworth and that it, it's a incredible team if they if, if they're good without Jose they're they're good with Jose uh, but if they can land Abreu which they will because um, the Dodgers are not going to be in on Abreu with Freddie Freeman. Uh, and the Yankees are not going to be in on a break with Braves, Anthony Rizzo. And the Braves are going to be very happy with Olsen. So. Yeah. The the teams that have the money do not have a first base issue. Uh, the Mets as well, they have money, but they've got Pete Alonso. So I think it is it is just there for the Padres. Houston, to... Houston, Houston would be another case because they're having a little struggle uh, at uh, at first base. Slash DH, although for the most part they have a DH except he hangs out in left field sometimes. But, yeah, in uh, Alvarez, but uh, yeah, I, I think I think he's going to end up in San Diego, and and good luck to him. Good for him. Yeah, Houston Houston is a, a possibility for that. Um, Guriel is not a great 
first baseman these days and his uh, older age. He's much older than I thought he was. He's 38, maybe? Yeah, he's turning 39 next season, which was shocking to me. Um, But, yeah, and, and, you know, injuries and and stuff like that. Uh, But I think if Jose were given the choice, he goes to San Diego over Houston. Um, Just because you go to Houston – Yes, you have a very good chance of winning the World Series again next year. Houston's lineup and pitching next year is going to be as good or better than it was this year. Dusty Baker has announced that he's staying. Uh, Houston is a lock for the at least the ALCS. San Diego, though, would be a tempting place to go to dethrone Houston. Uh, and I think a lot of players would be more interested in dethroning Houston been playing for Houston. Uh, I don't think you've got like a Durant going to the Warriors for the free championship scenario here. I think you're, you've got a lot of guys who want to take down the Houston Astros still, even with the cheating scandal uh, sort of fading and, you know, a lot of it. Yeah, being the, the, cheating, the cheating scandal, me, I, I, I've never, well, other than immediately 2017, 18, not been huge on it because I really believe their biggest sin was just being stupid in how they did it because yeah. well, the Cubs did it for, for decades and decades and everybody knew they had a guy with binoculars in the score, the score board, uh, board at Wrigley. Um, but really it was so stupid and amateurish. They deserve to be punished worse. But you know, it's, it is pretty much ancient history by, by sports terms, but bringing them down because they're the power now. They're the man. It's like beating the Yankees. So you want to beat them. Even forget the cheating thing ever happened. You want to be in because they're the man and you want, you want to be the ones that dethrone the man, as you say. Yeah. And so I, I do think that would lead Abreu, uh, more likely to head to San Diego than if Houston were. And I also just don't know that Houston would be in on him for quite the price point that he's, he's going to demand and has earned. Uh, and San Diego, I think will be all in on that. Why San Diego has so much money? Um, it, I'm not sure who owns that team, but whoever it is, who is the name of was Ray Kroc for years and years and years. Of course, right. that's McDonald's, which has a dollar or two. But yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, they just don't mind spending it. Uh, it's spend not, and spend and spend. You know, no event. Well, San Diego's not a big city, but really, the market down there is 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 big. That that whole. Uh, Southwest corner of California is very populous and, and I, they probably split some, up into Orange County. I did some, uh, looking into that and San Diego is much bigger than I thought it was. San Diego proper is even the eighth largest city in the United States now, which I was not expecting at all. But there, San Diego proper is around 1.4 million people. Personal story great. answer here that has nothing to do with baseball. When I was in the Navy, uh, I was stationed with a, a first-class petty officer, first-class communications technician, drove a brand-new Corvette. At the end of the year, he traded in a new, brand-new Corvette, went wherever he wants, doing whatever he wants. And uh, we always asked him, what the hell are you doing in the Navy? And he'd say, I, I just like knowing what I'm going to wear when I get up in the morning, and I, I know when my meal times are. It's fine. And so somebody finally, you know, probably after a few drinks, what? You know, where'd you get all the money? You didn't do this in a. <laughs> uh, 
he had an uncle. He says, I had an uncle who used to own an orange grove in California who liked me. So I, I was I was on his air air list. I said, a little orange grove in California. Said, yeah, it's now known as San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. Uh I believe that is officially San Diego money that he comes from. <laughs> that, more so than anyone who's ever existed. That is San Diego money right there. Um so yeah, I think uh to to sum up the Jose thing. He's as good as gone. There's no way he's staying in our bad culture clubhouse. Uh, to... and, 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 yeah, and among us, I mean, they never tried. They never made yeah. the least tried to keep him, at least not publicly. And then the remarks, you know, they came out mid-season with the, the, the Bob Nightingale column about there's no leadership in the clubhouse. And we know Nightingale's an idiot, but we also know he is Jerry Reinsdorf's typist. Yeah, which means that Reinsdorf fed that attacking the leadership in the in the clubhouse, and Jose, at least in title, was the clubhouse leader. That had to really tick you off yeah. to have your head boss go out after you've been playing your heart out, and he's one of the very few guys on this team that's been playing his heart out every game for nine years. He's put in that effort, and to get stabbed in the back like that. I, I don't know anything they could do that would have would have brought it back. Especially when, you know, if if you're a fan of the team or if you're on the team, you know that that move is a red herring. I mean, it is it is to, oh, there was steer, to, to steer criticism away from Larusa. I'm sure Larusa went over to Reinsdorf's one night, got a little wasted, and was just you know whining about everything, and they landed on. No leadership in the clubhouse. And so that's what Reinsdorf let go because that was right around the time we were starting to hear fire Tony chants pop up in the, in the crowd. And, uh, yeah, it's a terrible move. I mean, Abreu, gosh, the, the number of years that you and I would watch White Sox games and there was one reason to watch them <laughs> and it was yeah. Jose Abreu. I mean, it was legitimately like, can we stay in this game long enough? For Jose Abreu to do something. To knock in the winning run. That, yes. that can get, that can knock in the winning run. And, and we saw him do it time and time again. We saw him <laughs> dig, dig breaking balls that he would normally never hit out of the dirt and hit them out of the park to win, to win ball games because that's the kind of player he was. He, he has, has sort is. of, been, and still is. He's, he's had the opposite of the two school, too cool for school approach that we see from a lot of the younger White Sox guys. Abreu was never too cool for school. Abreu was always about school, and and we saw it. The guy year in, year out, was on a miserable team. Was always the highlight. The White Sox really, and, and if he was really starting to dip, then yes, I don't think anybody owes anyone anything in baseball. I don't think you have to have brand loyalty in terms of contracts at the end of someone's career. So if he was really starting to dip, I would understand, okay, we thank you for your service. You were amazing. But to put out a, a an anti uh, or the no leader in the clubhouse thing and then to see Jose still produce and also not to mention be the only guy who actually shows up to play uh, every day, um, 
it, it really is a shame that he's going to leave the White Sox at a time where he still actually is very valuable as as a hitter. Absolutely. Not not necessarily too valuable these days defensively. Um, not a liability necessarily because he does. Uh, he, he's, a, he's a slightly below average first baseman, of which, which there is, are. Which is fine if you're going to hit over 300 and, and get 100-something RBIs. I mean, you yeah. you can be slightly below average at first base and not be something that we really notice. And uh, we're going to have a much below average first baseman replace him, so <laughs> there's that. Far below that. Uh, so, you know, I guess this is me officially saying, Jose, I know you listen every week. Uh, you're a huge fan of the podcast. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your time. Thank you for being the only reason to watch White Sox baseball <laughs> for so many years. Uh the dude's a rock star. I hope he gets a statue outside the stadium at some point. Uh, maybe they'll find a way to bring him back late so he can do the retirement thing. But honestly, he may not want to at this point. I, they, I, if they, I were him, no. Yeah. I, I mean, they, really the way him. they treat players in this organization who have done them well, look what they did to Rodon. Yeah. They, I mean, Carlos Rodon is, is going to make $100 million plus out of this season. But I would say instead of a hometown discount, the White Sox would have a hometown add-on. They they would have to beat some other team by $20 million to get Carlos Rodon to come back after the way they treated him for two years in a row. 100%. 100%. And, you know, especially when you're talking about a guy who was very vocal about how important the White Sox were to him Absolutely. through his injuries. Extremely vocal. Extremely grateful human being. Like just a clearly a class class act. You wait all this time. You give him the support. He gets back to a form that is almost as good as anyone else in the game, and you don't even give him that QO. And uh, I mean, come on, you guys. It's just I'm I'm gonna you know what I'm gonna be the first person to say it on this podcast. I think we have an upper management problem. <laughs> Nobody's mentioned it before anywhere. What, yeah. what, what a thought! <laughs> I, don't, I don't like to I mean, bring up these new you, big ideas. I was thinking as you were saying something, nobody owes any uh, loyalties in, in baseball. You're talking about Jose and, and aged players. I thought, yes, but why doesn't that carry on into the office? Because we seem to have bizarre loyalties. Uh, undying, undying loyalties to front office guys who. I mean, I can tell you right now, if you were like, keep Jose or keep any, all of the upper management, I would say goodbye, upper management. <laughs> that, that, and t- Williams and Han, of course, I mean, Reinsdorf is Reinsdorf, but Williams and Han on 29 other teams, even teams like the Pirates who don't give a damn about winning. 29 other teams, those guys are long since gone. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. you. I mean, they're the ones who are supposed to create a winning club, uh, both in terms of player and in terms of environment. And they have not done that with absolutely. A and not just the talent. major league club. I mean, rate, if yeah. you rate the farm systems, the Sox come in either 29th and 30th, depending on who's rating. Yeah, we got no one, no one. But uh, we're a little late for our break. That's okay. This will be a slightly longer episode than normal since we'll have next week off. 
for the holidays. Uh, but let's take a, a quick break here and we will talk about who's left on the White Sox after this week of uh, tendering and non-tendering uh, and not picking up options. Uh, so uh, hang with us and we will be right back on Sharing Sox. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to Sharing Stocks. The first half of this episode was uh, our send off to our dear friend Jose Abreu, who will most likely not be back with us next year. End of an era. Uh, so let's talk about who's actually going to be on the field. Okay, after let's. This week. Yeah, this is uh, Saturday, Friday evening was the non tender deadline, as pretty much expected. Uh, Adam Engel and uh, Danny Mendick gone. Uh, I thought, I mean, of course, Engel had a, we've both been Engel fans forever and ever because of his defense. He was even bad defensively this year. I don't know what happened to him defensively. Uh, he had that horrible situation in Baltimore that uh, otherwise didn't look good either, uh, at least by his own standards. Yeah. Uh, Mendick, uh, but I thought maybe after Pollock left, they would go ahead and tender because he got to have somebody who can catch the ball in the outfield. Apparently that just doesn't matter. Uh, and Danny Mendick was hitting well. I, I don't think he could have sustained it, but he was hitting well before he got hurt, before he had the run in with Paisley. Uh, but that leaves, and, and this is interesting. Now your outfield, presuming that, well, I don't know. Maybe we don't have a DH. Your best case outfield is Aloy and left, Luis and center. Now, Luis has played one half the games in the last two years. He's played 166 games in two years and fewer than 160 actually in center field. He had a little DHing in there and a pinch hitter, you know, pinch run kind of thing now and then. Your backup center fielder at the moment is Leroy Garcia. So for half the season, you're likely <laughs> to have, you are likely to have Aloy in left, Lauri in center, and Gavin Sheets in right. That's that's your outfield. In fact, I would say Liam Hendricks right now is on his knees begging to be traded. <laughs> begging. Yeah. He's about the only trade material the White Sox have, so it will probably happen. Uh, so that's the outfield. I mean, that's what we have for an outfield right now with, with Andrew Vaughn moving to first base. And if Aloy DH is more or less full-time, then – God knows what you, what you have in the outfield. Aloy the and left and Sheets and right is an outfield that I would not feel super comfortable with in my Burbank E-class slow pitch rec league softball. 
That is a brutal, brutal corner outfield scenario. And then in the in center, when Luis is playing, half the time he actually if he plays, if he plays, he, he just doesn't act like he cares. Well, when, when he cares, that, he's got to be fantastic. Every ball can fix. I mean, it, that's got to be something they got. They have to fix about him. Uh, our new manager has got to come in and has got to change the attitude. Because if he doesn't, we have no chance. I mean, we can just say that right now. With him and Moncada too. It, with him and Moncada. And Eloy, in and a lot of Anderson. ways. Well, Eloy is less so Eloy, I think, but but Anderson. But you could tell Eloy was defeated by the end of the year. You know, yeah, you could but, tell I, but, I, but I don't think broken. that's Eloy pulling in Eloy. I think that's Eloy being dragged right, down by, right. by what was around him. Exactly. In the in, yeah. in the infield, now you've let go your best. You let your best offensive player go in Jose. Maybe you didn't have a choice, but you didn't try. You had total choice and let your best defender go and uh, not picking up the option on Josh Harrison. And then your best backup choice at second base is Danny Mendick, and you've let him go. And it, 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 the uh, prediction was that he would get a million dollars in arbitration. So that's what you let him go for, wow. a couple hundred thousand over minimum. Now, A guy who is technically a gold glove finalist and – his hitting over 300, which yeah. now, and I don't think either of those things is real or sustainable, but still, no, but for a million dollars, for a million dollars, I mean, that's that's free in Major League Baseball. Now, the talk, the guys, they're talking about it. Rick Hahn has the <laughs> has the effrontery to stand up and say this, okay? Romy Gonzalez, every once in a while, makes a nice play, he's a negative D war, but not badly negative. He hit. 228 is a minus 0.4 war. I happen to go no power. down the, down the no stats. Power. Three walks. And I remember he's had two seasons, so it's not like he's just seen the, the bright headlights for the first time. Three walks and 50 strikeouts in the major. Holy crap. Three walks, <laughs> 50 strikeouts. Lenin Sosa, who is much younger, and I think there's a good chance Sosa will eventually be a, a, a viable major league player. Left-handed hitting second baseman with some power. That'll work. Hit 114, of course, last year. In just a couple weeks, managed to come up with minus 0.5 war. One walk, 12 strikeouts. These are the guys that Rick Hahn's going, oh, well, we got stuff in Major League. Now they're talking about Jose Rodriguez, but Jose is a year away, at, at least. Now yeah. he's, uh, and in the outfield, of course, Oscar Colas. Now there's a guy who could be a star someday. He has 31 at bats in triple a wow even for getting service time manipulation he's not coming up in april or if he does it's a serious mistake because he's going to see the bright lights and it's going to be really scary and too often you bring up a player prematurely and it just kills him sometimes for life but usually for a year or two yeah um, and so i mean none of these guys I mean, the outfield could be colossal right but by Late May, June, July. Who knows? Pitching. We need to get into that. Uh, Ethan Katz yesterday, day before, was talking about we need two starting pitchers. Uh, and he's right. He's right. Uh, Johnny Cueto, of course, is gone. They say they're talking to Cueto. Cueto's saying like he wants to come back. Well, no medium range player in his right mind would ever tell the team, I don't want to play for you. <laughs> so 
especially so, when you're 40 or whatever it's yeah, about to be. But but he <laughs> but he never he he did not he said things during the season like Liam Hendricks said during the season like Lance Lynn said during the season about this team is crap. Uh, more they all said it more politely. They said it nicely. But they well, were basically Lynn, saying, we, Lynn didn't. Lynn said it just like that. <laughs> yeah. uh, we're, we're not getting any support out here. So we need two starters. Uh, Han, of course, is saying, well, uh, about the free agent market, but that would be trades. Well, we've got nothing to trade except probably Liam Hendricks. Uh, Renato Lopez, you, you could, you could trade. Uh, Craven has some trade value. Otherwise, and, and of course, Giolito only has one year left. I, I would not be the least. Would you be surprised if Lucas Giolito is not a White Sox player next year? In which case, they need, three start, they need three starters. And then they talk about, uh, they, they're starting mentioning, uh, Garrett Crochet. Crochet had his surgery last April. Typical time back is 14 to 15 months, right? That's June or July. So say the all-star break before Crochet is even back. And you never know what you've got. Now, most players recover extremely well from, from Tommy John surgery, but you don't know. Uh, and then cats, they're going, well, it's going, it's coming along really, really well. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's talking, talking about, uh, Michael Kopeck. It, it's, it's, it's coming along really well. Yeah. It's, it's coming along well, no, it's not quite as well as <laughs> we were, maybe a little slower than, than, than we thought, but we're kind of hoping maybe by opening day, you could go five innings. I don't know. <laughs> wow. That's, it's, it's, it's not looking good. They've got to actually, and, and it's not even spending the money, of course, because this past year they spent money. They, they spent more money than Houston. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they just spent it. Han is so incredibly stupid and he has become arrogant in his stupidity now. Well, if it was my fault, I, 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 I quit. Well, it's your fault. Quit. Yeah, uh, quit, dude. Quit. It was all uh, a you know, favor. It's not like everything quit. he's ever done was bad, but he was mediocre going into this past year or two, and he's gotten worse. Uh, yeah, absolutely. He, he did a nice job on the teardown. On, on, on what he got uh, for for uh, for the three guys that that they that they. That, that they traded out, what, what he got from Boston and Washington and the Cubs. Excellent, especially in the case of the Cubs. Uh, but gosh, <laughs> since then, wow. Yeah, I mean, uh, the the beginning of the end for him had to be trading Madrigal and Hoyer for uh, Kimbrell, which was just a sign that you're out of touch and you have no idea what you're doing anymore. <laughs> um, to, to give up that for expensive Craig Kimbrell. Um, yeah, Han is. I I would call Han at this moment the worst GM in Major League Baseball, and that is a sign that you should quit if you're going to get up Jim, there. And, Jim Click is out there. Jim Click is out there looking for a job. Jim Click wants a job. I mean, <laughs> honestly, anybody's out there. I got plenty of guys on my softball team who I'd rather have as GM of the White Sox <laughs> than Rick Han. I and mean, one of them even works for the Dodgers, not necessarily true. on the baseball side, but he works for the Dodgers. <laughs> hey, he does. He's, he's front office. He's front office. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just absolutely ridiculous. And, and Han's arrogance is just a, as bad a sign as you can have. Um, from someone in that position that they think they're doing great when they're doing the opposite of great. 
that's a that's a level of delusion that we see a lot of in this country not to yeah, get so political <laughs> uh but we we do see a lot of people who think they're achieving greatness when they are achieving the opposite and uh han definitely is is guilty of that absolutely i have no idea what we're going to do for starting pitching and yes we can probably get someone for hendricks but it's not going to be any sort of marquee situation i get it because he's got necessarily a year left and then i think there's an option right is there not an option after that there's an option but you know, yeah. still. And there's an option still. on Graveman. So you're talking about people being able to pick up two, two years you, from one of those. You can't get rid of both of them because then you don't have a no. back-end bullpen pitcher. No, so. I've mean, heard chatter or speculation, and, and this is just fans out there going, well, what about Raylo as, as a closer? Not impossible. He's certainly looked very good, but I'd say he's a step away. And we've never seen him do it. That's the other yeah. thing. I mean, like, that, we haven't seen him under that kind of pressure. You can say, what about so-and-so for this as much as you want, but until we see them close out games successfully, and I don't see the kind of stuff from Raylo that a closer needs to have. I mean, a, a, a closer... No, his, strike, his strikeout numbers in particular, especially if we're going to have the outfield and infield that we were just talking about, you better strike some guys out, which is what Liam Hendricks said. He says, i got to go yeah. out there and try to strike everybody out because I'm afraid they'll let him hit the ball. Hundred uh, percent, and 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 Raylo does not strike out many people, and he's largely a fly ball pitcher. He's done very well with it this year, uh, but with that outfield, <laughs> and if you if you you know say like oh well we can trade Raylo for something, it's not going to be anything. It's not going to be much. There aren't teams out there foaming at the mouth for Ronaldo Lopez. He's, Although we he's have much seen... improved, he's much improved. He w- you won't get nothing back for Ronaldo Lopez, but you're you're not going to trade Ronaldo Lopez for a marquee starter. You're not going to you you maybe could get a decent four or five kind of guy from him, uh, for him. But it, it's not going to be this magical haul that that people are pretending like we can get. We have nothing to trade. We have nothing to trade. But it, we're not going to go into free. Now, we've freed up a lot of money. Exactly. Pollock is gone. Jose is gone. The biggest, well, uh, Jose would be the biggest chunk, but the next biggest chunk is this Keichel's off the books. Yeah. I mean, that's $15 I mean, if, million right there. If, if you are looking at the, the type of situation we're looking at and you're saying, we're not going for free agents. We're going for trades. You're you're not trying to win. You're just not. To free up the kind of money we freed up and say we're not going for free agents after an abysmal year in terms of projection versus actuality, you're not trying to win. You're just not trying to win. Because any GM in the country will tell you the White Sox do not have trade chips unless they're going into a full rebuild then we have some trade chips but ideally in our win now window uh we won't go into a full rebuild and we've got nothing we've got of course nothing another thing that was circulating and again these rumors things fly around in the air and you never know what's where but that free agents 
by and large, just don't want to come to Chicago. I mean, to the White Sox. There are plenty of them willing to go to the Cubs. I, I, I saw, uh, I, I read the transcript of, of a chat on NBC Sports Channel Chicago. Uh, and they got to the end. They're predicting various things. And it's not unlike what we fans all do all along. They weren't particularly knowledgeable, I don't think. But they got to the end and they said, well, what's, uh, what's the big uh, move going to be? Somebody said Ben Attende. Somebody else said Frazier. And uh, well, what's your prediction? What's your surprise prediction? And one of the, there's three guys. One of them said Cubs are going to have a better record. And he was, I believe, ESPN's man in Chicago. I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility. There's there's no reason right now to think that the White Sox would be better than the Cubs, unless we're going to spend. Uh, it's, I just don't see it happening. My, my phone, I'm only going to say this right now because it, it applies. My phone is blowing up uh, in an argument between two other uh, Southside Sox guys, Bill Mankey and... <laughs> Rob Coletti fighting over Cody Bellinger. Uh, Bill being very much on the we should not go for Cody Bellinger side of things. <laughs> Rob, based on the 700 text messages he said in response to Bill saying that, <laughs> clearly very much in the we should go for Cody Bellinger camp. Uh, I'm not sure I agree with Rob quite so much at this point. Just as someone who's watched Cody play quite a bit in person over the last two years. Great defender, but we got lots of guys who can hit 190, and I just don't know that we're we're looking for that again. The the tweet Bill sent out or sh- showed to us was if the Dodgers can't fix Cody Bellinger, there's no way the White Sox can. And I will say I I'm in agreement with that. I I just don't I don't see a world where any anyone comes into the White Sox right now and gets better. Uh, until proven otherwise. I, I don't think that's a, a realistic person. Would love to have Cody Bellinger's glove in the outfield. Um, and maybe he yeah, wants to stand too much money-wise because he's been bad for two years. Uh, and he's only 27. So that's the thing people forget, too, even though he's got an MVP. He's only 27. Um, but I just I, – I don't think that's where the money should be spent. Unless, unless you've actually seen something, you know, one of your new coaches has said, this is what I see. This is what he's doing. I can fix that. Uh, well, yeah. you better he's do also, it now, he's now, he's the got speed. If we look at next year, what's going to be interesting, speed is going to be more important uh, because of the throw to first rules, the step yeah. off the mound rules, uh, and the slightly larger bag. Speed is base stealing type speed is going to be very important. Uh but the other thing that's going to be important is left-handed pull hitters. Because right-handers, I just don't think it's going to make marginal at most difference, if any. Uh, because usually the second baseman doesn't go to the other side of second base anyways for more than a step. So he can just take one step to his left. It's not going to matter. The main thing they get is that line drives up the middle get caught. That's still going to happen. Uh, and the shortstops do not, unless there's Yasmani Grandal is at the plate, and, you know, you can take two and a half years to throw over. Uh, they don't go back on the grass. If they do, it's a step. You know, they, that doesn't happen. But it, that second baseman playing right field is gone. Yeah. And so the left-handed pull hitters, it remains to be seen, will have it, but they're going to have a, a big advantage next year. Uh, yeah, and yeah. 
That's and true. It'd be interesting as free agency gets for real, how much the left-handers get evaluated by teams higher than, than right-handed hitters. Yeah, which I think will happen. Even teams uh, that are not desperate like the White Sox to have a left-handed hitter. Right, but you know, they their value is higher now with with the shift rules. There's there's no denying it. The left-handed pull hitter value just went up. Um but that is all the time we have. We have we have gone long. This is our lengthy Thanksgiving edition. Um <laughs> but yeah, we will uh take the next week off for the holidays. And I hope everyone has a, a very lovely Thanksgiving with family. It's been a couple of years since I feel like we really felt like it was safe to do this. Uh, be careful, be smart, but uh, have a great Thanksgiving. And we will see you in December with possibly some new teammates. Um, who knows? Uh, but, yeah, thanks for listening, and we will see you next time on Sharing Socks.